and welcome to WISMED On Call, a podcast from the Wisconsin Medical Society that looks at some of the top issues affecting patients in the practice of medicine in Wisconsin. I'm your host, Peter Welch, and with me today again is Rufus Sweeney. Hey, Rufus. Hi, Peter. Rufus is a third-year medical student here at University of Wisconsin, and he's been working to create curriculum for medical students about financial literacy. He's partnering with the Wisconsin Medical Society, the Wisconsin Medical Society Foundation, and WISMEDASURE, our insurance and financial services arm, uh, to bring these podcasts about financial literacy to the physicians of the state. So really glad to have you here, Rufus. Thank you. We've been going strong. We've had uh, we've had six podcasts so far, so check those out on our website. Uh, this is podcast number seven, which is going to go into greater depth on the public service loan forgiveness program. So it can be a great deal for physicians, but you got to do it right. So Rufus, tell us what this program is and how a physician can take advantage of it. Okay, so first things first, uh, public service loan forgiveness was created so that those who were working in the public sector could have a, a fighting chance at paying back their loans and actually being competitive with their private sector counterparts. Um, the And just to be very clear, that's because yes. public sector jobs tend to pay less, sometimes significantly less, right. than private sector jobs. Right, but for physicians this is kind of exciting because, you know, you, you described, uh, while we were off air, you described your, your brother who was in the pub, uh, public sector working as a public defender. Unfortunately, even after nine and a half years of doing public service loan forgiveness, going to the private sector was still a better financial alternative mm -hmm. than getting his whole debt forgiven. It's just heartbreaking. For physicians, the calculus is quite a bit different usually, uh, or sometimes it can be. So um, the uh, public sector, like the VA, academic centers, while they don't pay as much usually as, as private practice, as the private sector, they often have competitive salaries and when you factor in all the benefits, can be really great deals for physicians um, and great employment opportunities. So what sort of physicians fall into that public sector split? So anybody who uh, works in an academic center, which is uh, a government entity, um, anybody who's at a 501c3, which is a lot of like private universities are 501c3s, and then anybody who works at a not-for-profit that isn't 501c3 but is eligible for public service loan forgiveness. Uh, this is, granted, a very gray area, right? And <laughs> But there are um, mechanisms online. You can go to a.gov, studentloans.gov. You can look up, they have a, a link where you can um, you can determine whether your employer counts for public service loan forgiveness payments. Okay. Uh, so those those are the employers that, that qualify. So how does somebody decide that this is the right choice for them? It's a commitment, right? So right. talk about what the what the program, uh, what the outcomes of the program are. How do you qualify? Yeah, um, that's a good that's a good question. So the the criteria for being forgiven your uh, your loan by public service loan forgiveness is that the loans must be issued by the Department of Education. And that's the first thing. And so anything that's grad plus, that's uh, direct uh, direct loan from the government. Um, uh, basically, anything that you you get in medical school and undergrad uh, these days are qualified for public service loan. But not like a private loan from a bank or a private lender or anything like that. Correct. So right. So um, private loans don't count. Loans that aren't issued as often, uh, rarely. I've never heard of them being issued nowadays. But used to be issued more often by the government, like uh, F fell loans or Perkins loans do not qualify as well, unless you consolidate them. So anything else, as long as it's issued by the Department of Education, qualifies for PSLF. Um, 
you must also enroll in an income-driven repayment program, which we talked about in the last episode. So for all 120 payments, you must be, you must be uh, in an income-driven repayment plan. Um, you actually, there, I'm going to walk back what I said. You can be enrolled in standard repayment in order to qualify for PSLF. But the standard repayment is amortized or is, is its schedule of payments is for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so it, it maps onto public service loan forgiveness perfectly so that once you're done making those standard payments, your loan is done. <laughs> so it makes no sense for you to be enrolled in public service loan forgiveness making standard payments. Um, so the other aspect is that you must make 120 qualifying payments. These can be consecutive or non-consecutive. So a lot of people have a misconception. They think, I need to be making my monthly payment every single month. I can't miss or else I won't qualify. That's not mm -hmm. true. You can make them discontinuously. Uh, also, um, you have to be working full-time at those organizations that I mentioned. And full-time is more than 30 hours, which <laughs> most physicians uh, will Pretty probably qualify. Do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. When is... PSLF not a good idea. PSLF is not a good idea if you don't have that many loans to begin with. I mean, that's that's kind of obvious, right? If if you have you know loans that are manageable, just pay them off. Don't have that looming over your over your head for ten years. Um, if you're a well compensated specialist as compared to your training time then it's often not a great tool for you. Because public service loan forgiveness, make no bones about it, it's, it's a tool. Mm -hmm. um, and you wouldn't use uh, a hammer if, if the, the job that you needed to do required pliers, right? And so if, you, um, if you're in a well-compensated specialty, like anesthesiology compared to your training time, uh, emergency medicine, ophthalmology, OB-GYN, then it's often not a good idea because um, a lot of the payments that you make as part of your qualifying payments are during residency. Mm. And so if you have a six, seven, eight year long residency, your time of paying the, the higher payments in an income driven repayment program is really relatively short, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. As compared to these other specialties. You, it might not also be a good idea if you're in a specialty in which the salary disparity between private practice and the public sector is really wide, right? So again, I'm going to sort of uh, walk back a little bit what I said before. Um, while there are fewer disparities between the public and private sector in medicine, there are some still some specialties in which the gulf is really wide, mm -hmm. right? Talking about plastic surgery, orthopedic surgery, often they're making, um, you know, not multiples, but, but pretty close to multiples more in private practice, yeah. or they can at least. Um, if you hate debt, don't do public service loan forgiveness. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're basically committing to 10 years of having that looming over you. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, also, this is, and this is the last reason, and I, I deliberately put it last because it's sort of, it's the least rational decision, um, or the least rational option, um, sorry, the least rational reason why you'd want to do this, is if, is if you believe the, the bad press about public service loan forgiveness. Um, if you're terrified that you'll be, end up being one of the, the many, many applicants for PSLF that did not receive forgiveness, then it might not be a good idea just for your psychological well-being to try and go for the program. 
Um, you want to say a little bit more about what disqualified those people? Yeah. So the the main reasons why that were cited for why people didn't qualify was, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people didn't read the fine print on which loans qualified. And so a lot of them had Perkins loans or FL loans that... Uh, if they would have read mm-hmm. thoroughly what they were con- what they were um, signing up for, they would have known that their loans didn't qualify unless they consolidated. Um, they assumed that they were in an employer that was qualifying, right? One of those five hundred one c threes. One of the one of the most common things, and this is terrifying, so I want to get this out there as much as possible, is that people don't realize that they're not W two employees of a place. W-2 being directly employed by a place. Mm-hmm. They're actually contracted by a 501c3 as a 1099 contracted employee, and those people do not qualify for public service loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I want to repeat that. People who are contracted employees by 501c3s or any other government agency that otherwise would qualify do not qualify. Um, I think that's really important because uh, it's heartbreaking when I read on like White Coat Investor Forum or something. They're like, what are my resources? I just made... 10 years of what I thought mm-hmm. were qualifying payments and I wasn't actually working for the company and it's heartbreaking. Do most physicians, are they in a W-2 scenario or 1099? I think most are in a W-2 scenario, but you've got to be really careful. You know, it's not, it, it may not be obvious um, just looking at, you know, your, your contract on a superficial level. So be sure to ask about it. So who can they ask? Where could a physician go or a a resident or student even go to prepare and know the right questions for this element of the, uh, the loan forgiveness? Right. So this, this mostly affects those who are becoming attending physicians. Um, those who are in residency, I think 99.99% of residencies are qualified for public service loan forgiveness. Once you graduate, go to your HR person and your new employer to ask if you are actually going to be making um, qualified payments to PSLF. They're more than happy to tell you a straight answer, yes, no, one way or the other, because um, they have no incentive to lie to you about that. So go to HR, ask if you're contracted or you're actually a direct employee. Awesome. Anything else that you want to share about public service loan forgiveness? The, the one thing that, um, the couple of key points that I want to share with especially for fourth-year medical students that are applying for PSLF. Um, should you decide to, file, file your taxes as a fourth-year medical student. Um, you probably didn't make money, and that's good, because your payments are going to be zero for the first year, and they all qualify. So $0 payments on public service loan. 10% of the way there. Yeah. That's great, yeah. yeah. Um, the second thing I want to say is that uh, if you've decided, again, fourth year, that you're going to go for PSLF, consolidate your loans right away because that opts you out of the grace period. And as, uh, as a program, none of, your quali- uh, none of your payments, even if they're qualifying payments, count if you're in that six-month grace period when you graduate medical school. So consolidate your loans if you have federal loans that um, are disparate. Even if you don't, consolidate those things and you can um, start making payments toward PSLF right away. The third thing is enroll in that IDR plan. So those are your steps. First, file your taxes. Second, consolidate. Third, enroll in your IDR plan. And then fill out your employer certification to make sure that you're in PSLF and you're going to be in really good shape. 
Sounds like a great to-do list. Thanks so much, Rufus. If you like what you heard, please visit our website at www.wismed.org and look for future episodes wherever you get your podcasts. We've got uh, a couple more podcasts in this financial series, but go back and listen to all the ones that we've recorded so far. They're bound to help you out. Thank you.